Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This week on the Marketers Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. a Celtic state of mind it's half past 12 it's the Monday club and check this out hey, hey, hey. <laughs> we're all smiling hey for once and I'm joined as always by the AAC and for those who don't know who that is that's the amazing Amy Canavan how are you Amy oh this is just fantastic isn't it I don't think I've been on a Monday show where we actually have so much to just be happy about absolutely fantastic um but it's just it's great um it's almost like you can actually look forward to doing this bulletin it's it's terrific isn't it it's been a great weekend it was a great performance and I actually can't wait to dissect that and I'm joined as always by the Axon's resident rascal and Torag as <laughs> Russell Boyce Russell, how are you, sir? This is a unique Monday for me, Tony. I mean, I've been doing the Mondays now for eight months, and I can honestly say I think we've won like maybe on you know five of them or something like that. You know what I mean? At the most, never in the manner that we did yesterday. I've got to be honest. Sometimes there's a you can we might not show it, certainly not me, but you can get a wee bit nervy coming on the Monday because you know you're going to need to be a wee bit savage and you know that there's, you've not got much positive to talk about and yet, you know, today was just the case of that that this podcast can't come quick enough, you know what I mean? Well, we'll get straight into it and across the start line, it has to be said, yesterday saw the return of the rip-roaring, free-scoring, never-doring Glasgow Celtic. Yes. And for those of you who have been on Planet Zorg, Celtic beat Dundee 6-0 yesterday at City Park. <laughs> and, uh, 
But I am going to credit someone else, a regular Absom viewer who who gets in touch with us all on social mm-hmm. media. Goes by the name of the third frame. In the third frame with a touch of the Tony Haggerty yesterday and tweeted out, high scoring, rain pouring, Kyogo soaring. Glasgow. Very good. Very good. Very good. So I think in, you have to yep. give that a round of applause and tip your hat to the third frame for that one. Right? Yeah, he's, he's got a good part of him, Tony. He's a good lad. Yes, he mm-hmm. is. And he's very knowledgeable. So credit with yep. you. So, Russell, 6 nothing. Kyogo Hattrick and many other talking points. Let's let's talk about that first and foremost. Man of the match award, uh, very deserved, of course, but just a great way to ingratiate yourself to the fans. Scored a lovely goal in Europe as well, and in a home debut, uh, stuff of dreams. Oh, absolutely. Kyogo, for me, is just, he looks the breath of fresh air that the front line needed. He's everything that Edward isn't right now at this moment in time. And he's everything as yet. He's never been in a Celtic shirt. And it's just fantastic to watch someone with that ambition, that drive, that passion. That, you know, it's not just seeing all the all the sort of uh, mental attributes you're looking for. The thing is, he does it. The key mental attribute is everything's done with intelligence. That is the thing. He's not just running like a headless chicken between the lines. There's a well-timed runs. I mean... I know we'll get to it. I mean, that Ryan Christie ball through is an absolute joke. But you also have to be on a similar wavelength to anticipate it and to be running through onto it. That's the thing. Clever players uh, work well with other clever players. Ryan Christie looked like a man going, this is what I'm looking for. You know, someone who's on the same wavelength as me, I'll even look the other way, put a through ball uh, on a plate for him and see if he's, see if he's on the same page. Of course, Kyogo was. To be honest with you, I honestly don't think you would have been at a stretch if to say Celtic could have won that 10-0 yesterday. I'm not exaggerating. I think I think we were actually capable of that. That is not negativity, by the way. I'll take six absolutely <laughs> every day of the week. Not a problem. But I just thought with the the relentless attitude of them, Tony, was such that yeah. if we took double figures yesterday, and by the way, I thought right up to the end we were trying to achieve that. You know, we were still going for another goal. Right up to the last the last minute of the game. So a lot to be positive about. If this is Angeball, all I'm gonna to say, Tony, is all aboard the bus because we can all now firmly say that Ange the Ange bus is up and running and raring to go. Now, Amy, I was on the after show yesterday and I and it wasn't hyperbole. Russell was talking about game intelligence and the way Kyogo played. And he reminded me of a certain somebody who used to stick his tongue out and wore, wore the international colours of the colours that Russell's wearing right now. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't comparing them. I was just saying the attributes that he showed yesterday because certainly you can't compare the two as of yet. But things that he did reminded me of the, the Magnificent Seven. You know, the way he ran into space, the way he connected with Christie for that pass and the way he took his goals. I don't know what your thoughts were on the Japanese boy, but he's in terms of hitting the ground running, he's certainly done that. You can't ask for a better start. You really can't. Russell's hit the nail on the head. You know, intelligence recognises intelligence. And on in that team yesterday, it was just everything was thriving because everybody, you know, that front, you look at really when the team was announced, you thought, how will Turnbull, Christie, um, and, and Rogic really all fit into that side you think wow it's going to be really quite crammed in there because they're all maybe going to be wanting to do the same thing it was it was a joy to watch everything just clicked because intelligence recognises intelligence if a clever player is playing alongside a clever player it, it's going to be a match made in heaven you know they weren't all crowded and it proves that that can work you know it's tough when Celtic have such a strong midfield, um, and we've we've had such a an attacking midfield in such quality for for so long. That yesterday was probably one of the first times in a long time that we've managed to see everybody excel excelling. Sorry, in that final third, if somebody was going forward, somebody was dropping back, and Kyogo just leading the line. He was just a joy to watch. Um, I think as well. I think you can see it. Almost everybody, if it's not Kyogo or Christie, is probably not getting the credit they deserve. I thought Abada was excellent as well. You know that partnership that he's making with Kyogo already. It's a match made in heaven for two. 
you know, um, to put a bad at only 19, that is incredible. But for two to come in so soon, you know, and hit the ground running and to form a partnership the way that they have. I know Ryan Christie's obviously new to the partnership as well, but he's at least been in the club for a while. He's not got the, you know, the, the new club sort of malarkey. He's not been quarantined and he's not, doesn't know the rest of his teammates. And that's not putting anything against Christie. But for the two of them to come in and to have hit the ground running the way they have, to have made that bond so quick, just to know where each other are. I think that first goal, um, we, obviously we will go on to dissect it, but the ball from Abada across he just knows that his man's going to be there is the man that Celtic have been crying out for so long now probably the best part of 18 months he's just doing everything and the one thing more than anything that he doesn't do to what Edward done or didn't do enough for me was the defensive work you know it's that one that I think of he was I think he was chasing back uh, Celine Sheridan and he matched them defensively and, and, he, and he won the ball his work rate was phenomenal he looked like he wanted to be playing for Celtic and it was just a joy to watch the first two goals Russell the two crosses pinpoint they're just impossible to defend. And if your striker's there, he will score. Bottom line. Simple as that. Football can be a simple game at times. And those two goals, it's the hardest thing to do. But Celtic mm-hmm. made that look simple yesterday because the supply was right, the running was right, the game intelligence was right. And just everything, as Amy said, mm-hmm. fell into place uh, You know, yesterday. It clicked. And when it clicks, it can be a joy to watch but those two goals in particular they're the ones that please managers because these are the things you work on in training you down the line you whip the ball in and, and the striker should be there and if he's not there then you ask questions but that's what pleased yeah. me yesterday. And once the second goal went in you, you kind of felt the game was over and then it was a question of can they go on and, and score as you say three, four, five, six goals which they eventually did yeah, I mean, we were talking uh, last week about we cannot be relying on moments of mani- magic from yeah. Tony Ralston, although we'll get to that because he did <laughs> repeat the trick. Um, but that go at Tincastle, you know, was so far removed from every, every other. We didn't really create many chances there. And you felt if we're relying on moments of magic from our fullbacks being in bizarre positions, then it's going to be a struggle. However, what you did see yesterday was exactly as you just said, Tony, Training ground moves being executed perfectly. And I've got to give Abada his due again. I mean, obviously, he was in a huff, he didn't get to take the penalty, but I love seeing that. I love seeing that because that's the exact attitude you wanted. No one really wanted to take the penalties last year, apart from Edward. You didn't have players squabbling over the ball, did you? Because everyone was in a state of shock at the, the, the season. You've got a guy like Abada setting up that first goal. Israeli, 19 years old, settling in time. What's settling in time? He's made a mockery of some of the excuses we found for players um, last that came in last summer. An absolute mockery of it. You've got the striker he's playing to, coming from the J-League. Settling in period. Nonsense, mate. Don't need it. Good players don't need to settle. You know, I'm sure there's any, there's other variables of settling, and I'm only being flippant when I say that, but they have took the bull by the horns right from the get-go. Um, and there's pace on both flanks. Both balls that you're speaking about as well, I thought the second one, Kyogo can't miss. He's finished with the first one, though, just it's very instinctive. I like the look of it. On the volley, it just it was he knew exactly what his target was, where he wanted to put the ball, executes it really well. It's just so much to be excited from when you're seeing pace on both flanks, and then you bring on James Forrest. Then <laughs> <laughs> you start thinking, well, he's got numbers, this guy, you know. But it was only midweek that he'd scored. You know, and you're thinking, that's now. We spoke about it last week, you know, the front three sort of thing. And Amy is spot on. When you looked at the lineup, you kind of, you didn't want to be like questioning it. But I thought, well, I wanted to see Rogic. I thought it'd be Rogic for Turnbull or Christie. I didn't think it would be all three of them playing as well as Abada and Kyogo. And you start, you start thinking, wow, you know, this is going to be a midfield that is going to have to press, to impress. Um, I don't know if there was anyone getting any feedback there or was that just me? Some gremlins in the, the system yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I know I thought it was someone telling me to shut up but um, no I thought the uh, well I thought done the good job there I think that's <laughs> what I mean. it's just out there um, but the midfield was definitely you know they were a very forward thinking midfield trio and it worked it paid off it was rip roaring as you say and I a lot to be positive about but especially the fact that like you say, you start to see the fruits of the labour 
on the training ground. Now, Amy, myself and Russell had a conversation last night, right? Abada and Kyogo. Now, you and I look at that and we think, one man signed them, one man's wanted them. And no surprise that they're creating havoc because that's the way he likes to play. He likes to play with wingers and somebody, a clinical finisher, right? So you look at that and you say, they're Ange signings. So if in Ange you trust, surely the board have to say to this manager, any more where they came from? <laughs> you know, and say, Ange, do you have a list of players from the A-League, the J-League, whatever league that you think can add to this team and make them better going forward? I see Russell and I spoke about that last night, but surely that's a question that, you know me, I like ask the question. <laughs> you should be asking the manager today any more where they came from. And the manager says, yes, hold me right there. If you fund me, I'll go and get X, Y and Z. Because he said in his, after, in his interview afterwards that the next seven days could be uh, crucial for, for you know, targets coming in again. Here's Chris, 1980, saying, yesterday was amazing, but hope the performance doesn't make the board think all is OK. Our defence against better teams will be punished. Two full-backs, a centre-half and a striker with presence needed. Don't disagree with that necessarily, Amy. What do you think? And surely now is the time for the board to say to you, Ange, OK, we'll back you. You bring, you go and bring in you go and bring in some of the players that you want. If yesterday isn't a shining example and the shining example that the board need to, you know, if... To, to have that belief that, right, we do need to back our man here, then nothing will be. That is the, the greatest exhibition you will ever, you know, the, the case is proven, really. Um, he's put his blueprint forward and, it, and it's showed off. Maybe it's took a few games, but it's, it's done now and it's out there. And that is exactly what what the board are, were clearly waiting for. There's nothing now that they can't be saying, oh, we can't fully get behind this. No, everything has to. You can't tell me that there's not a single person inside Celtic who isn't absolutely delighted with not just that result, but that performance yesterday. And we've known, we've kind of been told that, you know, we might score four, but we might concede two with Ange. Well, then let's turn to the defence. I think one of the, the greatest things yesterday as well is it was a clean sheet. And I don't even care if it's Dundee because how many times, you know, we see Celtic and maybe score five, but switch off at the back in the 80th minute and concede one, you know, that's disappointing. You take... You take the 6-0, um, sorry, you take a 4-0 over the 6-2 sort of thing. You know, it's still the same goal difference, but that clean sheet at the back, it's great for Joe Hart as well. He didn't really have an awful lot to do, but it's a confidence boost no matter what. I don't care how many international appearances Hart has or Champions League, whatever it may be, that is a confidence booster. It'll be a confidence booster for Starfelt as well. And for Stephen Welsh, you know, it proves his purpose and point that he has to be in this side. I think he made a great stride forward into the well, it'll be the fourth goal for Christie for that reverse pass into Kyogo. But everything just clicked yesterday. So, you know, defence is our issue and it has been our issue for God knows how long. Now is the time to invest in that. And if Ange can, obviously, well, he will have a list, he has to have a list. It is now time that the board give him the right backing that he deserves. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio is a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. You can hear that, Russell, don't you? Because I see we had a phone call, a lengthy phone call about that last night. We did. We were, we were saying we would bring it up on the pod. It has yeah. to be trusted with some funds to say 
bringing his kind of players because that's a quite a high benchmark in terms of a Celtic performance for the season. They're not going mm-hmm. to score six every game. They're not going to not concede. But it was just a joyous performance in every way. There, you know, everything clicked. Mm-hmm. And everything won't click every week, but it was a performance where Celtic fans purring, they're raving about it. And yeah, you're giving the, the you know kudos to the opposition who came up from the Championship last season. But that's what you do to teams if you're playing the way Ange wants you to play. Keep going at the yep. end. You mentioned that chance at the end. There was about four guys, four players, trying to put that ball in at the end to make it seven nothing. Superb. You know they just they were relentless. They kept going and going. Now and that's a team still in its infancy or at the building blocks because Ange still wants more players in. He said that himself and in the next seven days could be crucial, he said in, the, in an interview. So hopefully the board will say to him, OK, who else? <laughs> who else do you know? Who else can you bring in? Spot on. They ask that question, don't you? Yeah, spot on. I mean, the old list that, that we've obviously got there and we've spoke about it before, you know, there's undoubtedly there's been players brought in this summer from an, a Celtic mm. list, you know, that haven't been Angie's. Time will tell if they will prove to be successful or not. As we as well, we say every signing comes with an element of risk. But Andrews, you know, look at you look at the ones that you know are identified by him. Kyogo, first and foremost. Abada was the first signing, but that's got I don't know if that's his or not, because that's another one that's got sort of uh, this is the same agent that we've seen quite a few players using, but who cares? Kyogo, we know for a fact, is a hundred percent Angie's man. And what a start that has been. Uh, and what I like about the Kyogo signing as well, he's entering his peak years. He's not a decade away from them. This is a guy at 26 years old. His best years ahead of him, and they're going to be spent at Celtic unless someone comes in with crazy money. Because that's already the trajectory this guy is going to be going on. And undoubtedly, even at this stage, already having conversations you know, in the next month or two about how do we keep hold of this guy, if we can keep that form up. Um, but that J-League intrigues me massively because... If you can get Kyogo from a rival team who worked under Ange when they won that J-League, he's got to know someone of similar ilk. And what I really like is if he could identify someone in a rival team to be as good as what Kyogo is, you know, and just, don't just take you know, our word for it. Listen to what Andres and Iniesta says about him. you know. And uh, But if Ange can identify that in a rival team, surely players he's worked through day and day out to make them a champion of that league like they were the champ, the champion winners only, I don't know, 12 months ago or so. There's got to be a gem or two out there. Give Ange the reins um, and let him go for it because I think certainly on the back of what we've seen, as as Amy says, you know, the strike rate's superb from him so far. Kyogo, to me, is a big green tick. And we've, we've got time now to look at the situation. We've, we, he's bought himself a wee bit of time in terms of transfers because he's got two wins in the spin, 10 goals in two games. But absolutely agree with the viewer. Do not let the board now think that that means this is all right. We'll call it quits there. I actually happen to think the board have so far back to. I know that we'd rather the signings were in earlier, but if we actually look at the signings as a whole, I'm quite happy with the business that we've done so far. The players that have went out higher, we got top dollar for. We've reinvested all of that so far. I can see, and then you would just like to think, Andrew's earned a wee bit of the trust now. I would now say, if you've got anyone else on the Ange list, let's use that list. And let's, you know, not put the old list in the bin, because if need must, we can go back to it. But let's let's see if Ange's list has uh, got a couple more gems. Amy, he said it a couple of weeks ago or last week that he maybe wasn't forceful enough with the board. He's now got a good hand to play with the board and say, well, you, you give me the, the necessary funds, I'll produce that. That's, that's what I'm trying to produce on a consistent basis. But um, three or four players shot. These are the guys I want. You back me. It's on me again. I'll. This is what we'll do. You know. But should one of those players? And we spoke about it after the game last night. Should he have a conversation with Christie about staying? Because he seems to be getting a tune out of Christie and Christie's attitude and application. Everything for me, the double A attitude and application has been spot on since and came in. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, but I think maybe even not so much needs to have a conversation. I think if Ryan Christie himself can't now see or want to be a part of 
this, this project after that performance yesterday, and not even just his performance, but the team's performance yesterday, if he can't get behind that sort of model, then nothing will, you know, nothing will keep him at Celtic. That is the shining example. It's for the club, but for Christie as well. You can't tell me that he didn't love playing in that yesterday. You know, that's probably one of the happiest we've seen Christie in a long time. I think we look back on and um, on last year, you know, he was still scoring the odd goal or whatever it may be, but he was flat. It wasn't really, there was no celebration. And I can't remember which game it was, but we rem- I remember dissecting it really well because he just turned around. It was a great finish, but he just looked so unbothered. You know, he was the first to get over yesterday to be a part of that Abada and Kyogo huddle. Um, he was the first to go over congratulate you saw him off the ball the minute the goal eventually did go in that he was celebrating he looked like he was loving his football again so if he can't after that get behind and really push you know to be a want to want to be a part sorry of Celtic then nothing really will his heart has to be in it and if it's not after that then it, it never really will be for me I would I would love him to stay you know and it's not it's not now eating your words sort of thing because yeah we've maybe done a U-turn saying five months ago Christy out but Christie's done a youth turn on his performances. You know, this is a Christie under Brendan Rodgers. This is a Christie who scored however many goals in a season and was doing whatever he was, man of the match after man of the match. Um, and he was an absolute joy to watch. That was the Christie of old. And I think that's why you can have a little bit of confidence. Of course, there's always now going to be that little bit of worry that will we end up getting the Christie of last season. But it's not a total gamble because... This is not just based off one performance of one performance of yesterday. This is with the knowledge as well if we know what he can be for a whole season. If he wants to be consistent, he can be consistent. Um, And I think it could arguably be one of the best pieces of business we do this summer if we keep Ryan Christie. I saved the pass for Kyogo's hat-trick goal as world-class. You could watch a whole season of football and never see a pass like that. It really was. I don't care standard or level of opposition. I'm talking about a footballer. You mentioned it, Russell, too. Football's been in tune to look mm. that way and execute the pass and for the goal to be executed. One touch. Kyogo knows exactly where to run to and what to do. But it's the pass that makes it. And I compared it to Scott Allen's pass at Ibrooks when Hibbs scored the goal. There's only few football players that can do that. You know, there's only a certain few players you know, and, and Ryan Christie for that's what frustrates the, Celt- the life of the Celtic supporters because Ryan Christie has that in his locker. And I said that after the game last night, Amy. This was the, the Ryan Christie that broke into the team under Brendan Rodgers in that semi final at Murrayfield, League Cup semi final, and then just went like that, took off. You know, and if we can get that Ryan Christie focused and playing, and the fans can convince that we sign a new deal, then I will start to convince myself that Andy's a bit of a miracle worker. You know what I mean? So. Uh, it, it could be, as you say, Amy, an important piece of business to get that kind of done as well, Russell. Yeah, I mean, hundred percent. I mean, right now he's turning everyone's opinion around. Is Ryan Christie? I think, um, I think Amy's absolutely right. He did seem a bit disinterested last year. Do you know what I mean? It's felt like he was disengaged. The fact the contract situation's got to the stage it is means he's calling the shots to an extent right now, but. He's not playing like a player who's calling the shots. He's playing like a player with a real desire, hunger to be at Celtic. Now, you could be cynical and say he's playing for a move. <laughs> and the reason he's putting in such effort is because said move he expected hasn't actually, you know, uh, appeared yet, which he maybe maybe thought he would get. And he's thought, right, well, if I redouble my efforts, then perhaps that will that'll get interest from other clubs. The positive side is we're getting great performances from him right now. He's contributing heavily to a Celtic side that's won his last two matches. Um, and obviously, if we were to lose him, you can then look at maybe getting a fee for him just now and trying to replace him. Or you get another four months of him being in and out, probably the first team, but still getting used to great effect. I think the conversation, though, of whether we can keep him or not will need to happen now, Tony. Yeah. I think we need to gauge now, right, Ryan, what is it you want to do? And what is it that you want to stay here, if, if, for, for you to stay here? Now, if he's coming away with crazy money and we can't afford it, fair enough, don't be held to ransom by anyone. But if he really just wants to be in line with, you know, the top first team earners and you can then get another four-year deal for him, then I'm struggling to see a... I'm yeah. struggling not to make a case for Christie in that sense because when he plays like that yesterday, he can do a heck of a lot of damage to teams. Yeah. And... Even when he's playing wide left, he adapted to that role no problem whatsoever. Um, I, I, don't, I wonder if playing him wider as well 
sort of removes that aspect of his temptation to take 50 shots, apparently, that he, you know, it seemed like he was doing each game. Do you know what I mean? I wonder if that's, you know, channeling his, his, his energies into different aspects of his game that are more productive for the team. Because um, it didn't feel like he was making a lot of, you know, hopeful to be the best efforts uh, yesterday. It felt like everything was done, like I say, the real purpose. Um, the reverse pass, I mean, we could talk about that all day, absolutely top draw. But like you said earlier, the cross that he does for the, the second goal, superb as well. It's on a plate. That yeah. type of ball is impossible to defend. And, you know, I think there was a touch at one point where he assists uh, Rogic goal when right. he brings it down in the half volley. Oh, I mean, that is... doesn't matter who, you, who your opposition is, as you say, Tony. does not matter. It's irrelevant. That technique and the ability to do that you know, in front of a huge crowd is again yesterday. It really backed the team I felt yesterday as well. From start to finish, there was a real, a real sort of positive energy. Yes. And, uh, but I, that touch for Christy, I had to talk about that because not only then does he then play the, the, the simple ball, but the right ball to Rogic. Yeah. After that touch, I mean, you could be, you, you could be tempted to think Christy last season shoots from that position just because he's all excited that he's in the box and he's took a great touch with his, He's done the right thing and we get another goal out of it. And we don't just give you free content on State of Mind. We've started to give you prizes. And as you can see, last month's prize was a signed Verve Platinum Disc. And this month's prize is John Fratelli's Multi-Platinum BPI Award for Sales of Costello Music. And to bring me a chance of winning that, you just subscribe to our YouTube channel. A marvellous prize as well, Russell. I know you like your music. And, yep. Uh, the man who got the Verve Prize, lucky boy. You know, oh, so. very lucky boy. A lucky man, you could say. Yeah, I just teed that up for you there. <laughs> you did. You did. Now, Amy, uh, no, sorry. Uh, no, just to quickly say, I think the prizes are, you know, the st- I've seen them obviously firsthand in the, in the studio and they are top, top draws. So for the simple way of just hitting a subscribe button, you're in with a chance of doing it. I've seen the, you know, if it was ever to be debated whether the prize was not a lucky a lucky dip, and the, the last one, Mick Nolan lives in Belfast, so Paul is still trying to formulate a way to post this huge frame of the album, so anyone has a chance of getting the subscribe button, believe me, it's not right. <laughs> Amy, you were talking about eating your words with Ryan Christie yesterday, I did the same, I even applauded and sang the name one Tony Ralston because I'd been a vocal critic of Anthony Ralston, saying he might not cut it as a Celtic player. Jury out on that eh, on current forum, because the last few games, Anthony Ralston has been magnificent, and he's earned the moniker Ralstinho eh, for his two goals. Eh, I don't know what you thought about Ralston's performance again, but it was pretty top drawer, and that's a cracking goal he scored again. And I tell you what, the boy is trying to give Ange a headache. He knows there's a right back in the offing, but he wants to give the manager a headache saying, I'm going to fight for the jersey. I've been um, under a lot of criticism recently. I've been told I need to watch what I'm saying, that it'll come back and haunt me. But that's one thing I never, ever really came to. I think if you look back on any sort of podcast in the January, February time, I was calling out for uh, Tony Ralston because we, I knew how much we needed, obviously, at that time. John Joe Kenny came in. I was constantly battering on that. I would give Ralston a, a, a shot because I think we were probably going to end up being in this position, you know, as we are now. I'm not saying that, like, oh, wow, go me. But it's one that I actually, I'm not doing a U-turn on. I'm doing a U-turn on a hell of a lot. But um, I've kind of always been in the Ralston camp probably a little bit longer than anybody else. You know, that is yet again a, a stunning goal. If that's, I don't know who you want to say, if that's messy or anything like that, you're probably talking about that. And it's getting clipped and it's getting chucked on Twitter for, for weeks upon weeks. He has totally and utterly rejuvenated himself under Andrew Postacoglu in the sense that, you know, Players are very well aware that what's happening in the press and, and whatnot, you can say that they can try and turn a blind eye to it, but when it's as prominent as this, it's impossible. Tony Ralston will be more than aware that the club has been looking for somebody basically to replace him for, for months upon months. There's so many deals and connections and all of this rumours, but he's came and he's went, well... I'm still number one right now, maybe because there's not a number two, but he's grabbed the, the opportunity with both hands. I still think, obviously, we do have to bring somebody else in. There's no denying that. But he's completely and utterly solidified himself as the backup. You know, um, if there's an injury to whoever it may be, 
I don't think there's now so much hesitation to chuck Ralston in. And I'm not just saying this after maybe two half-decent performances or three, but he looks hungry. He looks like he's playing well within the side and he cares. You know, he has given 100% and I think that's probably as much as you can really ask right now. Um, he has totally and utterly managed to block out all the noise around him and I think he deserves massive credit for that because that's not easy. Um He's been the or been the prospect of being the weapon boy for a long, long time, and he's always sort of carried that tag. But he's he's proven everybody really wrong. He's um, walking away, but it's not just a decent performer, one of the better performers. He's not just you know making up the numbers and oh, it's a good performance and a great side. No, he's up there with some of the best performers yesterday. Um, so I, I'm absolutely delighted for him. And again, it's all about the confidence. And I still do think we need to get another one in, but it's not as um, maybe we don't need to get two. And I think there was an opportunity or there was a, a fear maybe that we were looking to probably have to get two in. But I think Tony Ralston is going to be more than a Solid number two. Credit where credit's due, Russell. You know, for Anthony Ralston, or as somebody put him in Twitter, the Bells Hill Cafu. Uh, you know, uh, and I put my hand up yesterday and, and said the last few games he's. But I also put it down to the manager. Good managers make players better, don't they? And clearly, whatever Andy's been saying to uh, Tony Ralston, he's making him a better player. Even in the short interim period, you, you can notice it. Because giving your all, to me, is a prerequisite for a Celtic player. That's fine. But Ralston is now, he's adding goals, he's adding awareness. You know, he, he's actually looking as if he's, you know, he, he's understanding the position that the manager wants him to play a lot better now. And the last three performances, you, you can't really fault, like, find any fault in Ralston in the last three. And hopefully that continues for the boy. And maybe, as Amy said, they, they won't need two right-backs. He... he He's an able deputy, but work on the premise, I've got the shirt, and it's the person that's coming in that has to displace me. And I think that yep. that's, the, that's the vibe that Angel will be giving him, certainly. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I don't think Angel will sign anyone and give them guarantees that they'll, they'll play every week. You know, to see, even though we all knew Joe Hart would go straight in the team, if you watched his press conference, he was very much about, you know, I've been told I'm here to fight, there's good goalkeepers already here. So whoever the right back is, and it doesn't matter if we shell out four or five million pounds on him, you've got a guy up against you for that vine for that slot who's done absolutely nothing wrong and is in there on merit now, albeit he's got no competition for the jersey. You'd be backing on Anthony Ralston right now to be beating his competition for the shirt right now, just such as his, his double A, as you call it, Tony. Yeah. You know, the, the application and attitude. And we've got to talk about the goal. You know, left foot, right foot, on the spin, half volley, curls it in the far corner. Oh, that's his left peg again. Absolutely outstanding. Imaginative imaginative goal from an unlikely source, or is it becoming a likely source? I can't wait to see what he does with his left peg next week. <laughs> Do you know what? That's that's a bit of gallusness as well that you've probably not seen Ooh. enough confidence to do that. You know, take the touch, turn and swivel and and bury it. You know, Dalton Ralston of old wouldn't have done that because he'd probably have been scared to make the mess of it and people getting on his case. You know, so I'm liking that confidence about him now that he's trying things. Went on the Maisie at Tyne Castle, discussed his options after he'd stuck it in the net. You know what I mean? So, exactly. you know, so that's, you know, these are a, a signs of confidence and a manager maybe saying to him, do you know what? As Amy said, lock out the noise. If you do what I ask you to, You'll be fine. Listen to sure. me. You can play. I, I, I've got faith in you. Yeah, you might be the only one that's there, but the manager's certainly putting faith in him and he's delivering. That's that's the good thing. And that's all I wanted to see with Alston. And up until a few weeks ago, I wasn't convinced. He's now trying to ride his level best to convince guys like me and doubters like me. But if he keeps playing like that, then I'll be more than convinced that he has mm-hmm. a future at the club. You know, and, and that's me, that, that's a U-turn for me because I would have said, get, get rid of him, you know, before anything else. But I'm willing to give him a chance because if that's the Anthony Ralph that's going to turn up for the rest of the season, then I'm happy with that. Yeah, good to agree more, Tony. I think it's absolutely right. And it's an example of a player getting better. And um, we spoke about the the impact uh, that Martin O'Neill had, for example, when he came in. And he made players better. Right, you getting the dogs making a racket again. You hear that, aye? Goodness me. Sorry. Um, but yeah, Martin O'Neill came in and he made, as much as 
people think that there was a wave of new signings when Martin O'Neill took over, but the likes of Thompson didn't arrive till the season had kicked off. Lennon didn't arrive till I think December. You know, he made players better. That was the first thing he did. You know, you, you know, when we look at the six-two game, am I not right and think it was Bobby Petto on the left? You know, yeah. and he turned him from a whipping boy into a winger. You know, it was it was like that. You could really, you know, you could marvel at it at times. And I think those sort of wee examples. If you if Ange can do that with Ralston right now, it doesn't mean the situation is solved. And I think that's what the viewer was alluding to earlier. Yeah. It means and Laura made a brilliant point yesterday because she said that my work. I need to know that if there's if there's jobs to be done, I cannot be hanging my hat on only one person. Because what if they're absent one day, and then that, the whole thing crumbles? If Tony Ralston was to pick up an injury tomorrow, what do we do? We go out and sign one. Well, my advice would be: whilst Ralston's playing well, let's go get another one and to compete with him, because yeah. that could actually drive his performances further. Competition for places is a good thing. I want to mention it. With, with Edward, you wonder if when he's sitting on the bench watching Kyogo yesterday, there's a bit of him thinking, he's making me look a bit daft here. You know, I'm going to seriously, because right now Edward's coming on and he was all right yesterday. He was all right, but you wonder if his attitude might eventually have to change into, I'm going to seriously need to raise it here because the more he plays like that, the worse it's actually making, or the more, the more average it's making me look. You know, and right now we think we've got a twenty million pound striker on our hands. You know, and you, we do. His name's Kyogo. But I mean, a thirty million, as somebody said, they'll, they'll right the, the reason I'm bringing that up is because if you could see an attitude shift in Edward, if you know, we don't know if we're going to lose him this summer or not. Let's be honest. I mean, I don't think. The floodgates have opened with bids like we were expecting, you know. And if we are to end up dealing with Edward for another half-season season, you would like to think the competition up front is going to be a driver for him as opposed to, uh, yeah. you know, put him in a hole. And I think with Ralston, we've already seen with a manager believing in him, his form go up that wee sort of 20 extra 20% in his performances that we've not really seen before. I wonder if competition, trying to get in the mind of Ralston right now, he looks to me like someone who quite likes being the underdog and he's trying to prove people wrong right now and maybe maybe the manager himself. And I think, I wonder if competition, could you could actually see Ralston continue to meet the challenges put in front of him? Um, and like I say, that would be more good management from uh, Big Ange. Amy, I'm going to come to you in a subject close to your heart and it's called Callum McGregor. Now, Callum McGregor yesterday, here's some stats. He touched the ball 121 times he made 101 passes, which was a 95% passing rate, I believe. The man's a machine. He's an engine. He's the beating heart of that team. And that wee impromptu huddle at the end, he's getting it. He's loving it. He's reveling in that role as captain. And anyone that can't see Alan McGregor's contribution, to me, you know, I don't know what you're watching. Because he has now taken on the mantle of Scott Brown and is the beating heart of that Celtic team in my opinion. And he was terrific yesterday. I thought, you know, just over, he overseen everything, basically, you know. Uh, and players were allowed to play because Callum was all over the place, you know. Played a real captain's role, I thought. I don't know what you thought, Amy, but I know you're a Callum McGregor fan and you said he was a natural choice for captain. That was the complete performance, the complete captain's performance from Callum McGregor, you know. Everything you've just alluded to there, all the stats. Um, I'm not the biggest stats man myself, but you know they they speak for themselves. The numbers speak for themselves. Anybody who watched yesterday, you saw everything good came through Callum McGregor. It, it really did. Um, and I'm not saying that Kyogo or Christie doesn't don't deserve sorry all the plaudits they are rightly receiving, but Callum McGregor was just always there. You know, I think he revels in that sort of being allowed to be the, the sole lower um, and deeper role sorry he just he just loves to control you know I think it it puts a, a lot of confidence as well in the defence I think it's definitely going to help Starfelt just having that man just in front of him not too far in front but just a little bit um, so there's always that little bit of cover um, I think everything Joe Hart was clearly 
liking that he was there as well. You know, any time that was having to opt out, it was there was a vocal point there. But I just thought it was an absolutely exceptional performance. You know, he is epitomising everything that um, that Scott Brown really did in, in, in this, his Celtic career. Um, I think, as you as you say, Tony, I totally and utterly advocated that he did have to be the natural successor. I know many thought he would be, but there were still quite a few doubts and people didn't think that the leadership was there. If that doesn't showcase the top sort of leadership that Cal McGregor can possess, then then nothing really will. And there, there has been, you know, over the, over the last season in particular, it was almost like, yeah, he's vice captain because he played alongside Scott Brown. But he is now making the captain's role himself and, and making it his own. You know, like you say, that post-match huddle, that's that's a dream to watch. I don't have a clue what he's saying, but that is how you energize and you get, you know, you've got a few new bodies in, you've got Joe Hart, Kyogo Abada, you've got Starfelt, you've got these new guys coming in. That's what you want to be playing with, you know. That's that's your captain. He is passing off everything good, and you can clearly see it. And I just think it was an absolute phenomenal performance, and another one that probably will be overshadowed by Kyogo and Christie, and that's okay, but it does have to be mentioned and it has to be highlighted because he was the absolute beating heart of that one yesterday. Fulcrum of the team, Russell, I think you would say, and and that wee huddle yesterday that everybody saw the pictures. It just made every Celtic fan smile. It gave them a wee glow. At the end of the game, it was it was like a goal. It was like, go on, Callum, nice one. Tell them, you know, that it was kind of like, well, didn't expect it. But when the cameras panned onto it, a lot of the Celtic fans were like, that's a good thing. You know, there's a togetherness there. He certainly, mm-hmm. as Amy said, he's trying to foster that togetherness and that unity, which was missing for large parts of last season. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you look at the crowd yesterday, 24,000 there. And that is how you get them all on side, you know, by putting a performance like that and then show that unity, show the togetherness. And it was just a moment of inspiration. You know, you could tell it was off the cuff, not premeditated. It was a real impulsive thing that he's done there. And that, to me, tells you the right man has the armband. He is definitely the right man to be the captain of that club when he's doing things like that. You know, I think Joe Hart looked a bit baffled at first, but then he was like, oh, that's it. It's moments like that we're going to look back on if it's a successful season and go, ha, that's when the penny dropped for this team. And that, yeah. 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 I think it'll be moments like that that we, look, we will reflect on in the in the coming months, particularly for being successful and go, that's when it all started coming together. And Cal McGregor's capitalised on that. Exempted his influence, reminded everyone that, you know, this is only one game. I would imagine the dialogue was along the lines of, it's only one game. We do that every week from now on. Yeah. You know, we, do, you know, we don't get ahead of ourselves, so, sort of message. Um, and that's good to see as well, because you're wanting, as Jim always says, never get too high when the going's good and never get too low when it's not. And Celtic can't afford to get overly carried away. They played against Dundee, they were all over them from minute one, but that's fine. But the game's gone now. Push the reset button, go again. Um, and I, I would imagine with guys like Callum McGregor there, they'll certainly not let any, anyone get ahead of themselves. You can see that and the message he's trying to get across, I'm sure will benefit all the new guys as much as well the existing players as well because but as we've talked about, Chris still looking at a different player. Players are, that were there last year didn't necessarily have to become all poor players overnight. But whatever reason was, there was a lack of harmony, a lack of, I think, clarification as to what their actual instructions on the pitch were. And players like to be coached through things. And then once they win, you can do the old school sort of pep talk thing that Callum McGregor's done. But before the game, the hard work now with players is to coach them right. So every from the first minute to the 90th minute, they know exactly what they are doing. Now, as cynical Football fans, more old-fashioned ones, might find it a wee bit like a wee bit Molly Codlin to be doing that, but it's how they like it. What I do also admire, though, is when you see moments of passion like that from McGregor, which is from a, a, a previous sort of day in football. Do you know what I mean? And that will have a positive effect because it was done after a really successful win. Do you know what I mean? So it's timing these moments of sort of bawling and shouting and revving players up. Just pick your moments wisely. Uh, Cal McGregor did it a perfect thing yesterday for not just us, but the supporters in attendance as well. And another thing that amused me highly yesterday, Amy, was uh, Ange Postacoglu 
after-match comments and he was asked about the performance and then I think the Sky reporter at one point said to him, the only blip was the two players arguing over who was to take the penalty kick, Abada and Edward. And, and Ange Postecoglou's answer was, a blip, we've just won six still. She's, you've managed to find a blip. And I just thought that's a brilliant way to deal with it. You know, it shows a kind of humorous side to him. And, you know, and, and again, batting the question away as if we've just won 6 now, and if you're scouring for blips, I'm not going to entertain it, but I'll deal with it humorously. And, I'm, you know, I'm proud of my team. You know, and then he went on to say that, uh, you know, he liked to see that and that Abada just bowed to Odson Edwards, kind of seniority in the team, that kind of thing, you know, but... It, it was a that was a nice moment as well, you know. Just the manager kind of being being humorous because a lot of people, have, you know, dug him up on his prickly attitude with the media and stuff like that, you know. And yeah, you and you can only answer the questions that are posed to you, you know. So I thought he, he handled that and dealt with that pretty superbly. You can only answer the questions that are posed to you in the same way that you can only beat the team that are in front of you. You know, I'm not buying into this. Oh, it's only Dundee. There's there's many reasons why the reaction is the way that it is. It's probably the main one is because it's the first time we've actually all smiled after following a Celtic win after, I don't know, probably for me, a good part, you know, the best part of 12 months. But we genuinely are happy after a Celtic win because everything clicked. It's not just the win, it's the performance. I, as well, I understand Dundee probably will be one of the easier teams that we will face this year, but by no means are they the worst in this league. Um, you know, I watched a lot of Dundee last year, and I'm I'm quite impressed by them. They're quite a solid side, and they don't get ripped apart that easily. I do believe that we will come up against worse teams in the league, and I'm not wanting to use the word worse, but I don't think it is as easy as others are making to making it to sound out. And if you want to say, you know, well, they're the promoted side. Well, Hearts were the promoted side last week as well. Yeah. We weren't beaten, right? So if you want to take it on that sense, we weren't beaten, come on, got relegated. We weren't beaten them 6-0 last year. Hamilton Aki's got relegated. We weren't always beating them 6-0 last year. Six goals is six goals. I don't care who it's against, but it's the performance as well. How many times are we up maybe against a Dundee, a Kilmarnock, whoever it may be over the years, and in the 80th minute we'll switch off a little bit and concede a really sloppy goal? That means that there's a negative in the performance. You can still say it's five goals, but there's something there because we've conceded. And that has been Celtic's downfall for so many years. It's a complete performance yesterday. So I'm not buying into this, you know, it's only Dundee. I understand we've got to, um, it's not getting carried away and flags up that we've, that we've won the league, but we have to be joyful. You know, we get absolutely slaughtered that we're being too negative and now we're getting, oh, don't be too positive, you know, rein it in a little bit. No, this has been a, a terrific win yesterday, a long overdue win. And the first reel, as Russell said, the Ange bus is up and running. So it's good to get behind them. It's good to get behind the team. Fans are back in. Everything yesterday just sort of clicked. So in the same way that Ange didn't want to, you know, he's like, oh, there's not a blip because it, it's the complete, it is the complete sort of performance. So I think, as we've said, we can, you know, revel in it today and enjoy it. But then it is all about Thursday night. Of course it is. But I'm not buying into this, you know, oh, it's just Dundee because you only can play who's in front of you. agree with that, yeah. Russell. And just on the Cal Mack, uh, Brian Hartley comes in saying, Captain Cal Mack, making it all his own. He's a gem and already playing at his best. Yeah, I was concerned at the start with him, but very happy to be wrong. There you go, Amy. You've convinced a man that Cal Mack yes. a leader and inspirational figure. And he's yeah. the right man to the armband. Do you agree with what Amy's just said there, Russell, about the complete performance? And if you're scouring for blips, then you're nitpicking, really. Oh, yeah. Ange, Ange delivers it in a way that's, you know, even though he's half laughing, there is a cutting element to it oh, that you yeah, yeah. can't help but admire. Um, he's letting him know you are an idiot, mate. That is basically what he's saying to What an idiotic question that was. <laughs> and, well, and not even the way they've worded it, you know. Why are you trying to find a negative? And if anyone's in the comments there, I don't even read them, man, because what's the point um, when you're doing the show? If, if folk are moaning about being positive, honestly, like, we won 6 nil. It's a daily show. We react to the scorelines. 6 nil was a good one. Do you understand? It's not difficult. You know, it's just get over it, man. Like, just, I don't understand that. Anyway, with Ange, I feel that he's very much in control in these interviews. I don't think they're his favourite thing to do in the world. But again, talking about giving him the reins to the transfers, look where Ange has the reins. He right now 
for whatever reason, is holding the reins when he's dealing with the media. He's in complete control. And they are unsure or on eggshells when trying to ask him certain questions because they know he is one. he's a one-liner away from making them look foolish. And I felt yesterday when he's broke it down like that, they are right. I mean, the only blip. How is it a blip to see two players demanding a ball to take a penalty? No blip there. It's absolutely no blip there at all. That is just fishing for something negative in what was an outstanding team display. 6-0. We're going to win the league. I'm only kidding. <laughs> Rain that in. You know uh, what I mean? <laughs> now, speaking of blips, I saw three horrendous challenges put in on Celtic players, Amy, and one yellow card administered. And we touched on it on the programme yesterday that Celtic would be quite within their rights to have a word with the SFA about it. It's three straight red card challenges on, on their players. You know, now it's either incumbent upon Ange or someone at Celtic to say what's happening here or get the referees to come out and explain exactly what they've witnessed in those particular instances. Talking about the challenge on uh, Callum McGregor, Anthony Ralston and Ryan Christie. Was Ryan Christie, wasn't it? You know, mm-hmm. uh, Ryan Christie, 100%. It wasn't even a foul. The, yeah, wasn't a foul. Andy Halliday's challenge on McGregor, he never received a card. And Ralston's challenge, I think there's a, there's a slow... Well, although you can do these, but the, the guys, two players are off the ground. I think when he connects with Alex, it's, it's reckless and it's a red card all day long. Uh, and Jerry and Jerry McCulloch and John Hartson were saying that in Celtic TV coverage yesterday, you know, that they were worrying about kind of protecting your players. And I said on a pod last night, I don't care if it's Celtic players that are playing. You could, And if you done did those challenges to... Morelos or Dundee United players or Hearts or Hibs players, I'd still be asking the same. You see, where's the consistency? And, you know, you're not asking for favours, you're asking for fairness when it comes to yes. And also, you know, I want to see footballers play. I don't want to see them crunched, you know, and out the game or whatever. I want to see good footballers play for every team. You know, and if you're, if you're going to have players knowing that they can get away with challenges like that, they will do it. That's my point, Amy. You know, and maybe as time Celtic sort of said, like, wait a minute, that's been three red card challenges on our players specifically, and only one yellow card's been administered. Can someone explain that? And that's the one for me, you know, that's an absolute shocker. Um, and I think that is the one that he got booked, isn't it? So if, if he's getting booked and the referee's seen it, then how is he not seeing that that's a red? It's also, like, right in front of the fourth official as well. But... I think it's almost worse the fact that he actually did receive a caution for that because there's no denying it. The referee did see all three and the two referees did see all three. But if you're even admitting because you're offering and you're showing the yellow card, so you have to have seen some some sort of action then if you are given the yellow, then it has to be a red, you know. You cannot justify. I'd love to read his report as to how that is a yellow card and not a red card. Um, And I wish I could remember, just as you're saying that, I'm sure it was a Hibs yesterday as well, I think. Um, should have been down, I think the Ross County should have been down to 10. I'm sure there was a really bad tackle on Hibs, I could be wrong, um, so don't quote me, but it's just the standard, like you're saying. Like, I'm sitting watching my dad last night, and you're going, God, that's another one. It doesn't matter that it's just Celtic, it's the standard across the board, really, right now. But it is, it's all about fairness, and it's just, it's not, the club won't do anything about it. They won't, we know they won't. You know, you look at Scott Brown going to Ibrox, everything that he's been through recently as well and and the club just never defend their players in that sense not to the degree that really has to be and we've got to keep as you say asking the question knocking at the door showing this like basically it's going to be almost like a bible now incidents you go look our players basically are not being protected and it's just you know we could, we could talk about refereeing decision decisions sorry for for hours upon hours and you don't want to to highlight it or you don't want to digress it, but it does have to be highlighted in the sense that it's just not on. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, Russell, by any stretch, and I always say, this is just rank bad officiating. And someone wants to explain the decisions that the referees made in those instances. You know, we're two games into the season, and there's been three challenges on Celtic players, were they red cards? And I'm a Celtic supporter, so I watch Celtic games. I can't speak for other games because I don't watch them in depth as I do the Celtic games. So the games that I've seen, three challenges, red cards, instant red card challenges, and one yellow card between the three of them. 
I'm asking about fairness. Yeah. I'm asking what the referees have seen in those specific instances. And as Amy said, I would love to read the report as well, or I would love them to come out, or someone from the SFA to come out and say, this is why they gave this decision. Because you need an explanation. Or are Celtic going to have to finally say, do you know what? This standard of officiating is unacceptable. It's unacceptable across the board, not just for us, but across the board. You're going to have to do something about it. You know? Yeah. And explain why it keeps happening. Yep. There has to be some pressure put on now. For me, act like a big club's a phrase that you use a lot, Tony. A yeah. big club challenges these decisions. They don't just let us just sit back and take it, take, 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 because it'll get worse before it gets better if that's what you do. I watched the one with Christie in particular for me, you know, the guys when the ball, both feet are in the air, like mid-air as he's sliding through. And you actually hear Big Bad John who knew how to put himself about when he was a player, you know? Bit of a physical striker to say the least was John, you know? And, and he goes, whoa, 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 as the tackle's getting made because his heart's obviously in his mouth. He's thinking that could have really, you know, that could have injured Christie badly. Not even a foul. And you've got an ex-professional in the commentary box whose initial reaction as the challenge is getting made is, whoa, 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 one of sort of panic. And the referee is two foot away. Not even a free kick Celtic. And you a, have, a player knows intent when he sees it, Russell. Yes. And that, that was the thing. There was something that was really um it was really organic, like uh, yeah, Hartson's reaction. You could tell it was a real reaction to it, it wasn't. Uh, I don't think it was done from a Celtic persuasion. I think it was done as a, a former player going, oh, well, you can't do that in the pitch. Like, that's just, that's not on. I don't understand it. That's not a free kick. And decisions like that are baffling. You've got to, you've got two sides to the debate. Are Celtic getting a fair crack of the whip? And I think we as Celtic fans are entitled to ask those questions because that is the lens that we watch the football from. We are not watching every single SPFL game, you know, or at least... Maybe Amy watches a bit more than I do, but I think we have to look at the decisions that aren't going our way and can only sort of take it from that. So when you're accused of being a conspiracy theorist and all that nonsense, you've got evidence there to back up your calls. The referee's decisions should be questioned. If you've got other club supporters with several examples the same, brilliant, bring them to the table. You know, get some pressure put on the SFA here to get the standards raised of refereeing. But if it's only Celtic doing it, do not look at us and call us conspiracy theorists or anything like that when there is video evidence of shocking decisions at this moment in time going against us. But like you say, flip it. If that's Callum McGregor diving like that with two feet in there, your heart would be in your mouth that your player's going to get sent off. And if he doesn't, you would say shocking decision. The exact same way you are right now. It just so happens we're not getting any sort of... Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Robert, the green with the, with the decisions right now. You would say you got away with one if it was one of your players, wouldn't you? Yes. And you would be like, all right, great refereeing decision, but your tongue would be placed firmly in your cheek. Yep. You know, well, there'd be one in the post coming, you know. But I, you know, and I, I just think it's, and again, I, I'm not a great conspiracy here. I just think the referees are rotten. You know, the standards are not great. But I think there comes a time when you have to say, what, what are they seeing here? Or what are they not seeing? You know, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, you know, and that for me would have been the only blip on yesterday. But I I don't even think Ange chose to mention it, but I don't know if it's something that Celtic is worthwhile Celtic pursuing internally, you know. When you have to ask the question, because it can't go. That's two games, and you've seen three challenges across two games, you know, domestically that is. You know, so and if it continues, then they are per- they're perfectly entitled to, as I always say, ask the question. That's that's, that's just my thoughts on it. You know, I just think as well, see it from Ange Postecoglou's perspective or a Kyogo coming from different, completely different leagues. They'll be sitting there going, "What on earth are we playing in here? This is madness." Like, is it? Do they know the rules? Do you know what I mean? Is it, they'll be checking the rule book in Scotland to see if it's different from other nations that they've played in. If you are a complete stranger coming into this league, which these guys are, you must be sitting baffled, Tony, at what you're witnessing. And the level of ability of these refs, or whether the rules just are different in Scotland from other footballing nations. And we've got to look at reasons we can get that improved as well, by the way, because 
if you don't put pressure on, like I say, it won't get better. But there has to be ways, whether it's about referees going full time or not. You know, act like you know we're we're talking about celebrating a coefficient right now because we're ranked what eighth, ninth, or something like that in of top leagues. It's part time refs doing part time work, and it is evident. <laughs> I was going to go all Celtic bar reference on you and say get a, a copy of a VHS video called Rollerball with James <laughs> Can. <laughs> Maybe the foreign players at uh, Celtic Park will think they're playing that. But uh, no, that's been a very positive show, Amy, hasn't it? I mean, come on. We've been smiling all day, you know, so I'm smiling all hour. I'm, I'm, <laughs> that, you know? I'm trying to be any complaints, surely. <laughs> I've been Tony Haggerty. That's been Amy Canavan and also Russell Boyce. You've been watching Axon, the Monday Club. Thanks for tuning in. What's up, guys? This is MMA fighter Clay Guida, and I'm not afraid of anyone or anything, but losing my hair was an entirely different kind of fight. So if you're suffering from hair loss like I was, then you got to check out my boys at Bosley. Pound for pound, they are the champions of hair restoration. That's why I turned to Bosley to get my hair back. The entire Bosley team was so professional and kind from start to finish. All it took was a simple one-day procedure, and I was on my way back to rocking my full hair again. So take it from me. Don't wait if you are thinning or receding. I'm so thrilled with my results, I just wish I would have went to Bosley sooner. It's time to finally knock out hair loss because the best is yet to come. Check out Bosley today. When MMA fighter Clay Guida was losing his hair, he trusted Bosley to get it back. Now it's your turn. Get a free information kit, plus get a $250 off gift card when you text SCORE to 203203. That's text SCORE to 203203. Don't wait. Text SCORE to 203203. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.